Hello, my angels. Welcome back to the Balance Podcast. Now, I have ghosted you again for quite some time. I looked on my podcast page just before I started recording this, and my last podcast was on the 16th of March, and it is now the 9th of May. So, however many weeks that is, would I? I would say I'm sorry. But I'm not uh, because I think everyone gets how busy life can be. And obviously podcasting is an unpaid um, thing, right? It's like I don't get any money for doing this. Um, I mean, I don't even think many people make much money from podcasting. And it's not really until you get to a point where you can add all the ads in and get paid um, per listen for them that you might make a little bit of money from doing it. So yeah, this is my spare time project. This is um, a hobby, I guess, falls into the category of. So I think we should start with um, updating you on my life. So, I mean, we've lived in the house for five months now, almost going on six months now. Um, Winston is about seven months old and he is still very crazy. He's going through like almost a regression at the moment. Like he's just being so naughty. The other day I was um, sitting at my desk. I was on a business Zoom call and I have these like fluffy Peter Alexander um, slippers. And if you're anything like me, I am a foot shaker. Like I just do not sit still ever. So I, like Connor was saying to me the other day, he sees Winston like staring at my, like my little slippers when I'm shaking my feet and he just, he wants to rip them apart. And so the other day I um, was on that business Zoom and I can see into our front yard from my computer and I saw him running around outside and I was like oh my god he's so sweet like going zoomies with his little toy and then he stops and I was like that's my slipper that is my slipper he's literally taken it out from underneath me at the desk and then taken it outside to um run around with and then the next day he ripped up my leather business planner so that was also fun and he's been into digging a lot too so I mean that's the latest and greatest with him I feel like I give you guys the most updates um, in terms of the pup than I do anywhere else, because I mean, I got him when I was still sort of in the throes of creating my podcast and I would talk about how much he was annoying me. So update is he's still annoying, but at least he's like, he's a little bit more dogly now. Like he will listen to you a little bit. Um, I know he loves us now. He wants to cuddle us. He knows who we are and he gets excited to see us, which is awesome. Um, another update, I guess, like I've been on so many different holidays and actually launched a bunch of things. Sorry, that's Winston under my desk. If you can hear that in the background. Um, so I guess since I've last been in, I launched my online brow basics course and that was the start of my online, um, shenanigans, I guess. From there, I actually have now so many online, like little mini masterclasses or courses or whatever it is. So at the moment, we do still have the Brow Basics certification, which is when you can become a certified brow artist in waxing, tinting, shaping, and dyeing. So it's honestly like four mini services all rolled into one um, online course. So that has been going amazingly, which is just like stunning. So happy about it. And then from there, I actually launched um, my next part of those masterclasses, which is my complete brow masterclass. And I mean, I haven't finished recording all of it. So I've released it as a masterclass and not a certification, basically meaning the masterclass version is just like my demonstrations, right? So if you have experience in brows or whatever it is, and you are just like, oh, I don't know how to make it look good, but I've like, you know, done my qualification at Chisholm, or I just feel like my techniques are a little bit outdated, or I want to learn someone else's technique 
techniques, that's the place you want to be. You want to be in the complete brow masterclass. Um, so yeah, definitely, definitely worth it if that is your situation. And then from there, I actually have hosted two live masterclasses lately, which has been really fun too. And like something totally different and not something that I've done before, but have gone surprisingly well. So my first masterclass was my wealth and wisdom masterclass. And basically it was just my personal experience and how I found setting up my business really helpful in terms of finances and just like getting comfortable with all those like legalities and logistics of like, okay, we have to pay GST and tax and how do I pay myself a wage and should I pay my superannuation? How do I pay that? You know, how do I price my services? All of that stuff I broke down into like a really simple, simple formula and something that I just wish that someone had told me when I had begun my whole beauty journey. So um, that was my first masterclass, Wealth and Wisdom. And then I just finished last Monday, my second masterclass, which was Digital Distinction. And basically this one was designed just for beauty business owners wanting to stand out on social media, you know, that don't really know what to write in their captions. You always default to like, oh, like my favorite soft glam or like decal hybrids, whatever it is. Um, they, you know, they post without strategy. They've heard the term content pillars, but they don't actually know how to make it apply for them or create content with a purpose, right? So um, not just creating content that drags anyone in, but creating content that calls their dream client in, which is like one of the biggest mistakes that I see. And people get really caught up on followers too, right? So you can have, you know, however, how many followers do I have? Like about 6,000 and make a great wage and you can have 10,000 or 20,000 or 30,000 and not really have that many clients or people booking with you. So that was a big part of the masterclass as well, like sort of stepping away from that mentality of like followers equals income because it definitely doesn't. I mean, in terms of my life, other than, I mean, in the first six months of the years. And I guess like this is where we'll start um, opening up a little bit into today's episode. So the first, I get four months five months. It's May now. So <laughs> sorry. It is literally 8am on a Monday morning. And I've been like, yep, I'm going to podcast right now while I have a little bit of, um, motivation is the word I'm looking for. So I mean, the la- the first four months of this year have been crazy for me. And it was, I don't know, I, I was in this massive rut and I couldn't figure out what was quote unquote wrong. Right. Because Connor and I had finally moved into our own place. We got a puppy. I was working from home. I had all of these things that like logistically were amazing, right? It's like, how can you be unhappy and have all of that? And, you know, started some new um, hobbies. Like I started going to Pilates, which is really nice. And I don't know, like started cooking more and doing all the good things for myself. I actually saw this TikTok last night and I was like, oh, that kind of makes sense. And she was saying, you know, you try to fill up your cup, right? So everyone says like you can't pour from an empty cup. So she was saying like, I'm trying to fill up my cup and I'm doing all these things like, you know, meditating and going to Pilates or, you know, swimming in the beach or whatever it was. And it's fine, but she has holes in her cup, right? And so she's putting all these things in, but it just keeps coming back out. And until she learns how to fix the holes in her cup, she's going to keep being in that sort of mentality and cycle. And I mean, I guess it's really concerning because I think so many people live their life like that and it makes me a little bit like I guess the word would be annoyed or frustrated that I know that I spent I have spent so much of my life sort of in that state and I think that it would excel this mentality in entrepreneur I can't say that word (laughs) in self-employed people um 
because, I mean, we get stuck between the mentality of success and I've got to do all of these things to be successful and like passion, I guess it's, we want to do all these things. And then we're almost on the verge of burnout. We um, sort of ignore our personal lives a little bit because business feels personal, I guess, when you're self-employed, you know, like for me, my business is an extension of me, right? My services is me. I'm sitting there talking to my clients for an hour. I'm performing like this beautiful service and making, you know, their brows amazing or their lashes or whatever it is. So I think it gets quite confusing in this journey. And it was a big reason that I sort of wanted to do a podcast on and around this today because I feel like I've definitely struggled with my mental health ever since I started my business, right? And it's not something that's like at the forefront of my brain, right? It's not like this big overwhelming um, consumption. I don't know. Do you, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like this huge overwhelming thing that it's like, oh, I am absolutely so depressed and I hate running my business. And I don't know, there's so many things to it. But um, yeah, it's definitely a niggle in the back of your mind always. And I think the first four months of this year was me realizing that I, I finally was done, you know, having a half full, I mean, having a cup that had holes in it. I was like, nope, we're fixing the holes. And it is almost harder to face your issues than to continue as is, or to try and make a change in your life. Just to try and make things better is almost so much harder than just leaving them as is and quote unquote, um, coping. So I wrote this little, um, I want to say poem, but it's not. (laughs) And now you guys are like, oh, great. Lay it on me then. Um, I wrote this thing in my phone the other day and I was just feeling very inspired. And this is kind of weird for me to um, be sharing something that I've personally written, but I I think it gives really good context in terms of what we experience in our self-employed journey, specifically for the girls in beauty. Okay. And it also has no title. So (laughs) deal with it. When I pictured my life, I didn't picture having no lunch breaks and apologizing for my stomach grumbling. I pictured cooking meals in the kitchen with music blaring and talking shit with my partner. When I pictured my life, I didn't picture waking up to an alarm, pulling together the strength to get up and say, you've got this and plaster the best customer service all over my face. I pictured waking slowly with the blankets pulled up to my chin, the birds singing in the day and the sun beaming in. When I pictured my life, I didn't picture sitting on a singular chair, having the same conversation on repeat with every new client every hour. Yes, my day was busy. My weekend was fabulous. I'm cooking spaghetti for dinner. Repeat. I pictured brunch with my friends, dressed in our cutest outfits, laughing about boys and paying bills and my dumb dog that won't stop digging. When I pictured my life, I didn't picture running a business to be as equally taxing and draining and isolating and hard as it is. I pictured fat checks and afternoons off and doing something that I absolutely find fun. And the thing is, all of the above is true and equally as true. It is my stomach grumbling while doing clients as much as it's a home cooked dinner. It's dragging myself together to be happy for the day as much as it is sleep-ins and the birds waking me slowly. It is as much having the same conversation on repeat and brunch with my girlfriends. It is as much taxing and rewarding, draining and replenishing. I think we're really quick to put people in a basket in terms of you run a business, you've got to be so happy or you're so lucky to have all that time off. 
For instance, I it is Monday at the moment. I don't have clients again until Thursday because I left admin days, right? But everyone sees that as, oh my God, you're so lucky, three days off, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, what they don't see is that, for one, I'm sitting at my desk right now working. I'm going to be doing work all day. My work doesn't leave when I leave my salon. People message me all day and night. I've got to, you know, be active on my Instagram and do all of those other things. And I think that it's it's almost frustrating, right? It's like, you think I have the most easy life. You don't think that I work very hard. You don't think that I hustle as hard as I do because you don't see all of it, right? You see my Instagram, you see a cond- condensed version of it or you hear me telling you things about my life and my business. And it's really easy as a business owner to, I guess the word being flex, right? To flex all the good things of your business. So having like really successful launches or um, making a lot of money one month or being booked out for X amount of times. It's really, really easy to like flex that to friends and family because not a lot of people understand being self-employed, right? They don't get it to the degree because it's not the same as what they did. They've always been employed by someone else. So it's almost like you feel like you have to say, oh my God, I'm doing so amazing. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And it's almost like you forgo your right to mention that anything's wrong. And this is why so many people in business and specifically self-employed business have mental health problems. And so, I mean, the start, the first four months of this year have been more taxing than anything before than anything before. And I seriously couldn't figure out why. And I mean, realistically, okay, I'll tell you something. When we got Winston, um, it was right before New Year's. And this was probably one of my like darkest times. And none of my friends had any idea. No, I mean, anyone other than Connor had no idea that I was honestly suffering so bad. I was supposed to go to a festival with my friends and I didn't go. And, you know, it was the day before New Year's, the 30th. And I'd been like, honestly, just like, so not myself for probably a week in the lead up. And I'd given myself three weeks off for Christmas. And it was on the 30th and Connor was taking me to look at new couches. Um, Cause I really wanted to get an armchair for our lounge room. And that day he was just saying, you know, I, I don't know what's wrong. Like you just, I don't know, something's just off with you. And I was saying to him, I really don't know either. Like, it's just something's wrong. And I just, I, I can't put my finger on it. And so we bought a dog. <laughs> Connor and I always joke about how impulsive we are, but I sort of was thinking, I'm, I mean, I'm a huge dog person. I've always been very dog oriented and I've never really been in a house without a dog my whole life. And so I was sort of like, yeah, let's get Winston. Like, let's just do it. I mean, lo and behold, he brought us so much trouble when we first got him. I mean, even still to this day. But um, yeah, that was sort of one of the big reasons that we just were like, okay, fuck it, let's just get him. Like, let's just try something and try and make me happier. And when I look back on it, I mean, I definitely have no regrets and I wouldn't change a thing about it. But it was funny to see the mental state that I was in and that it was self-inflicted, I guess. I had been punching holes in my own cup for so long and also pouring from that cup as well. So giving my friends, family, um, clients, whatever they needed, whenever they needed, almost falling a little bit into that people pleaser mentality, even like the podcast, right? 
because people love it and like I'm so thankful for that but there was also part of me that was like oh well people love it so you have to keep doing it I don't care what mentality you're in you have to show up you have to be amazing you have to plan a podcast um you have to like you know serve and have purpose and all of these good things don't waste people's time and it was like this massively taxing mentality and like if we just minus the lockdown periods, right? Like let's just pretend they didn't exist. Let's just pretend we're speaking strictly of working life in the last three years. The last, even since I started my business, right? When I was literally like 18, I was full, full-time employed by myself and I would work all day, every day. I would do clients all day, every day. And I did that for, I'm 23 now. So what's that? Five years. Um, and it was, it's crazy, right? Like who would... <laughs> Who would do that? But that's just what everyone did, right? Everyone in beauty worked all day, every day. And you had clients that you had to be available for. So you could take on X amount of clients, but then it's like, cool, they've got their full set and they need to be back every two weeks. It's like trying to book a house cleaner. I don't know if you guys know how hard that is, but everyone's books are full because it is, it's a timely thing. It does take a while to actually perform the service and people usually stay on once they first sign on, right? So once they full get their full, first get their full set. They're usually there for quite some times every two weeks. So you keep taking people on and taking people on and taking people on and people aren't really dropping off. And then it's like, cool, I literally have to work all day every day or I have to be comfortable with the fact that people are going to go elsewhere because I cannot fit them in, like literally cannot fit them in. So, I mean, one of the biggest things for me is realizing that until I started blocking off time, until I started intentionally losing clients that was going to continue to be my work life forever. And I remember putting my prices up and my partner's mum and my best friend in the same week when I was saying that I was putting my prices up, they both said to me, oh, I really hope you don't lose too many clients for that. And I laughed and I said, that's the point, right? I can't keep working like this, but if I put my prices up, then I can take the same amount of time off and it would all even out. Like say, if I put every service up by $10, I don't, I don't even want to do the math. It's 8am on Monday. Leave me alone. You'll, you'll figure it out. Right. But it's like, I could put my prices up and, um, have actually time off to be a human being and to have a hobby and to think about something other than work for a little while. And doing this has made me love my business again. There was some time there. So post last lockdown to, I mean, now, which is like, I mean, we came out in like October, November. So I, that's like, seven months or whatever it is. And four of them were when I was in like some of my deepest, darkest stages. Um, yeah, I can't remember what I was just saying. I haven't loved my business like I have right now in too long, right? In far too long since I was beginning my business or, you know, maybe before the first lockdown, maybe I can't really, I can't remember that part. So I'm going to, I'm going to put that in the maybe pile. But the thing is, it's like, if I wasn't continuously evolving and changing and creating, I'm going to get sad. I'm going to literally fall into a little hole and repetition is not for me. I am a creative. I'm spontaneous. I love inconsistencies. I mean, not in human beings, but you know what I mean? I love like different things every day of my life. And I love just sort of having that flexibility and freedom. They were my two words this year, flexibility and freedom. And it took me a really long time to realize that I was doing it myself. And when I signed with my business coach, sorry, with my mindset coach, who's now my business coach, 
I remember in like one of our first calls together, I said something along the lines of, I don't think I'm as happy as I think I am or that I make out to be, right? So I was still in the boat of like, yeah, my business is so successful. I make so much money. I'm booked out. But it wasn't a matter of the fact of like, do I actually love my life? Do I like how my days are playing out? You know, all of those things. And I remember doing a journal prompt that was um, with, Je- uh, what's her name? Georgie Stevens or something. Um, the Naked Harvest owner. And one of the journal prompts was, you know, what does an ideal day in your life look like? And I remember writing mine out and being like, cool. So that looks nothing like what my days do now. And I mean, the only way to get there is to start changing things and start making it happen. And it's easy enough to talk about doing something and it's hard enough to actually do the thing that we're talking about to create change and make things a little bit different. So I mean, for me, that was cutting back my days. So I now have consecutive days off as well, which I never had before. I always have Sunday, Mondays off. So I've got two days, at least one of those days I get to spend with my partner and my Mondays are my me days. So as much as I'd love to say, no, I never do any business stuff on a Monday. Sometimes I just want to, especially at the moment, like I'm loving creating and doing the fun things in my business. So Mondays are sometimes kind of half work days, but they're still definitely half me days. And then I have every second Tuesday and every second Saturday off in a month as well. So twice a month, I have a four day weekend, which is stunning. And the other two weekends, I just have two days. Um, So yeah, like implementing things like that, I no longer just will book clients at all hours of the day. Basically, I have set times and once they're booked, they're booked, even if it's a regular client, even then, right? And they learn their lessons if they don't book far enough in advance and they will then book their next one far enough in advance. And the, I mean, one of the biggest things that I learned in business is that if you make an exception for someone once, they expect you to do it every time. So if someone, I can think of a few clients where this relates to, but they have a look online or maybe they don't even have a look at, at your online booking system. They shoot you a message. Hey, can you fit me in on these dates or these times or whatever? And if you say yes, and you make that happen, then they have the impression that that's just how they can book with you, right? They can just message you and you'll just get them in, even if it says you're down online, right? So until you start like actually reinforcing and implementing boundaries, people don't realize. So one of my big things now is that I always refer people to my website. I've yeah, all of my appointments are just on my website. Let me know if you have any troubles booking them in. Um, or even if one of my regular clients is like, oh yeah, I'd love to book an appointment, um, you know, Thursday nights every two weeks. What I say to them is go online, select the ones that you want, and then you can send them through to me and then I'll book them in because I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, does 4.45 on this week work for you? Oh, that week's actually not free at that time. So maybe we'll make this one three weeks and then the one after that two weeks and we'll go back to three weeks. Like that's not my problem to figure out. I've got enough on my plate. So, I mean, it all comes into boundaries and change and all of that stuff and momentum, figuring out what feels good for you in business. You might be someone that thrives on repetition and having the same clients and consistency and stability. And some people need that more than others. Like I definitely understand that I'm coming from a hugely privileged standpoint of the fact that I know that I can make enough money to pay my bills, pay for Winston and have enough in my bank account, right? Like I'm not going bankrupt by taking days off. But the biggest thing for me was realizing that if I tried this, If I try to do this thing, right, when I'm definitely stepping into the space of educating, I'm, babe, I'm fucking supposed to be an educator as much as I fight it. I can try and do this thing and I can 
go take days off and give them to me to start working on my courses and doing all my things, right? I can do that. And if it doesn't work, you can always go back. There's nothing that's saying that I can't go back to booking clients all day, every day. And this is something that definitely stops a lot of people from trying something new or something that they personally want. So yeah, remember that you have options. It's not one way or the highway. And my biggest thing is there's no such thing as right or wrong. I've said this for so long and I don't know if I've picked this up from somewhere if I just decided this was like one of my sayings. There's no such thing as right and wrong. You choose an option and you get to figure out how that pans out and the other one you never know. You're never going to have anything to compare it to so you're not going to ever know if you make the right choice because there's no such thing as right and wrong and even if something doesn't work out the way that it is supposed to, it will lead you to the next thing. And I posted this quote on my Instagram this morning Um, which kind of sparked me wanting to record my podcast today. And it said, it's like a quote that said, I had to make things uncomfortable. Otherwise you'd never move. And it says like from the universe and oh my fucking God, did I feel that right? So when I look now back at the first four months of this year, I would have never found educating. I would have never taken a step back from my day to day. I would have never created more room in my life to actually enjoy myself if things weren't uncomfortable, right? Unless I, because I felt so uncomfortable and so miserable, I never would have made a change. Even in terms of friendships, I've spent a really long time with not surface level friendships, but just like not those deep, deep friendships that where you can open up that conversation to those deeper, darker levels and have no fear of judgment or, you know, talking behind your back or any of those things. And like, I am a female too, and I am still a young girl. So I am definitely not um, void from teenage drama and, shitty friendships and good friendships and all the other stuff that comes in between. Um, So yeah, the start of this year was like even hugely figuring out what type of friendships that I want. And what I sort of realized is that I'm one of the most time poor people in the universe in terms of allocating time for my friends and family and, you know, all of the other stuff. I'm not someone that's going to sit down and text you all day and night. That's not me. I, I don't value that. I don't enjoy it. And I don't really have time for it. Right. I'd rather use my time for other things. So, I mean, for me, for friendships, something that I struggled with is that it was kind of an expectation that that would be me in order to maintain friendships, to message you all day, every day, to constantly be the one that checks in first to do all these things. And it isn't me and I'm busy and I've always been that way. So, I mean, yeah, the start of this year was a clearing out of a lot of friendships, but oh my goodness, do I feel so much better. Like literally, oh my God, I'm going to (laughs) cry. I feel so much happier now that I'm not second guessing friendships. And I know exactly where I stand with all of the beautiful people in my life. And you cannot have the capacity to hold new friendships and better friendships when you're filled up on shitty friendships. And it's not like a lot of my friendships necessarily change, but I sort of just like let be what will be. Um, another one of my favorite quotes is let it all go and see what it st- what stays. And that's been massive for me because I know that I'm someone that's always been um, the leader in friendships, right? Like I'm the one that makes the plans. I'm the one that will message first. And if I don't, then, oh, well, she didn't message me first. So blah, 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 right? It's never of, oh, Kaylee hasn't messaged me in a while. Maybe I should message her. It was just completely, yeah, it's always <laughs> my responsibility, which is fine. As I said, I'm not void from teenage drama. I'm not void from friendship stuff. And I feel like that's actually a really good thing for me to open up about as much as it makes me a little bit like uncomfortable to talk about my personal life 
in some degree. Um, I think that normalizing the fact that we all have shit, right? We all have shit and our shit does not stink. We've always got something that's going on and, you know, we take mental health days or we fight with our friends or our boyfriend's annoying us or whatever it is. And it happens because we're human beings and that's just the way that cookie crumbles. So yeah, I mean, let's wrap it up because I feel like you guys have just heard me talk about my life a little bit. Before I go, I actually want to leave you guys with a little bit of wisdom um, in terms of if you have a business and you feel like you're slightly struggling with mental health. So I'm getting this from a web page and I did find it on Google. So take it with a grain of salt, but it says that entrepreneurs, that word that I can't say, self-employed people, um, 62% of them feel depressed at least once a week. Another 46% also experience low mood or feel mentally fatigued every week, every week, right? So 50% of us. And once I saw that, I was like, well, there's no fucking way I can't not speak about it now. And sometimes you have to be the person to open the conversation and it can feel a little bit daunting and a little bit vulnerable, but the more you step into that, the better the level of conversations you're going to be able to hold and to host and connection and all of those, you know, juicy, good things that we all strive for. So, I mean, there's a lot of stress that goes into running your own business, whether that's, you know, you have to put in long hours to get it off the ground or, you know, you do all these things after hours, responding to clients, um, you know, working on your website, um, posting on Instagram, whatever it is. Another huge thing is feeling isolated, right? Not a lot of people understand the ins and outs of our business. So there's only so much that we can say to someone and them understand and hold space for us because they don't understand, right? Whereas say if you work in an office and there's 50 of you in the office, you have 49 other people that understand the role of your job. Whereas as self-employed people, yeah, there's so many other self-employed people, but it's not like we're working in an office with all of them. We don't have access to them. We don't have people to lean on. Um, not in that way, at least. So yeah, it can definitely feel very isolating. Um, managing cash flow. So like obviously financial side of things can be so crazy. Um, you know, and you do have so many roles within your business as well. So many roles. And I don't need to sit here and listen. You're listening to this and you know, all the roles. Um, so this website says some of the early warning signs. And when I read back at this, I'm like, ah, fuck, that's my literal life. Finding it difficult to concentrate on tasks, feeling tired and fatigued, being unusually tearful or emotional, getting angry easily or frustrated with tasks or people, finding it hard to make decisions and avoiding social situations. And that last one was like a pang to my heart because I was like, damn, that was literally what I was doing at New Year's Eve, right? I cancelled on all my friends and stayed home. I mean, my best, best girlfriend came over. She's my ride or die. So I'm very thankful to have her. Um, but yeah, I was like, I can't even fake happy right now. I can't go out and be at a festival and pretend to be happy and make small talk or care about your life because I just wasn't there in my own head. And I mean, we're, we're better now. And I literally have been putting off this podcast for so long because I felt like I couldn't speak about it until I was over it. It felt too vulnerable for me, right? I didn't want to sit here and expose my belly and give you guys all the deepest, darkest secrets in, in my heart while I was still not on the other side of things. And I know that you guys respect that as well, but I guess it gives rise as to why I've been really quiet through my podcast page, as well as, um, 
obviously I was doing a lot of other things in terms of my business masterclasses and online courses and stuff. So I have just been generally busy, but some tips to deal with the work-life balance. And it's funny because that's literally the whole reason I created this podcast, right? It's called the balance for a reason, babes. So, I mean, one of the best things that I've ever done is having a separate work phone and personal phone. I literally will put my phone in my office and turn it off or it will die um, over the weekend and I don't turn it back on until Monday morning. So I've only just plugged my work phone back in um, and let it turn back on. And that way I can't accidentally get caught up in any business thing. So if someone emails me over the weekend or texts me or needs to cancel, whatever it is, I do not see it until I'm ready to look at it again. When Once I'm like, cool, let's pick up our phone now. Um, so have times where it is non-work times and you're not obligated to do anything. And I mean, something that you can take with that is like, just because you're saying, oh, okay, well, I'm not on work times. Okay. I'm, I'm turning my work phone off every night. If something arises and it feels like more aligned for you to work during that time, then do it. Right. So Connor's going away this weekend and I know that I'm going to hustle on work stuff because it's really easy to, I mean, I love working on my work stuff, but He's not going to be here. And yes, I'm going to go out and do social things as well, but I don't feel guilty for not spending time with him. I can just like sit there and do work things. So that might be one of those situations where I do reply to a client at like 11 PM, whatever it is. Um, Another thing is making sure that you have breaks throughout the day. And I highly recommend taking them outside. I love eating outside, whether that's breakfast, lunch. I mean, not so much dinner because dinner's hard to eat outside. I don't know if that's just a me thing. If that's just one of my special little quirks that I've, dinner is not an outside food for me. Dinner's an inside food. Um, but yeah, making sure you actually take decent breaks too. So not just giving yourself 15 minutes to shove a muesli bar and a pear down your throat, like cook a meal or meal prep at the start of the week and give yourself 30, 45 minutes, whatever it is to sit down, relax, you know, switch off that um, central nervous system, like overdrive for a little moment there. Um Take public holidays. If you do not take public holidays, sis, you have to take, like be on the same boat as everyone else is. Take weekends, take all of these things, do whatever you want to do, right? Literally just do whatever you want to do because you can, you have the flexibility to do that. And the only thing that's stopping you is your perception of, I guess, how life is supposed to be or how hard it is or whatever it is. Um, and outsource, outsource to the nines. So Something that I always obviously outsource is my accounting bookkeeping stuff. Don't understand it. Don't have time for it. Makes me stressed. So that I have outsourced for like two years now. I've also recently discovered that I get enraged when I clean. Enraged. And I don't, I think it comes from my mum, right? On a Sunday morning when we, when I lived with my mum and like we'd be hungover and in bed and she would be vacuuming, but she'd be like shoving the vacuum up against your bedroom door because it's midday and you're still not out of bed and you're still hungover. I think that's why I start cleaning and just like the anger, it really rises in me. So I've decided like rather than doing that, I'm hiring a cleaner, which I'm very excited, so excited for. Um, Yeah, outsourcing and delegating and doing all the good things. So like actually asking for help. And I know that sounds like a dumb one. Or even if someone offers to help, like saying yes, if it's going to make your life easier, say yes. You know, people don't offer unless they want to. And if they are, that's not a you problem, right? They've offered and they can still say no. It's not like it's a legally binding contract that they have to help you if they offer. Um, so saying yes, um, delegating, outsourcing. I'm trying to think of some other things that I like outsourcing. Oh, like 
Canva templates slap, but you can also buy templates on Etsy if you um, say like at the moment I'm redesigning some of my manuals. And I was like, cool, I could spend like literally three months making these all beautiful or I could just like buy some templates off Etsy and then put all of my own information and infographics and stuff in there, change the colors up. But you know, like the layout and like just like how it looks aesthetic, I can just pay someone that's already done that and it doesn't have to be a thing. So just letting things be easy, delegate where you can, outsource all the good stuff. Um, The last thing that I'll leave you guys with is if you are a lash tech, and you want to become a lash educator, a certified lash educator, mind you, I want to, I mean, a little self promo, but I feel like I haven't actually had the chance to openly speak about one of my biggest, biggest, biggest ventures as of yet. So basically I've just launched my lash educator course and it is a 12 week live course. So it's not something that you like do online or by yourself and have no help. And there's just like a little bit of a framework to work on. You have six fortnightly mini masterclasses with me where I'll sit and I'll teach all 10 of you a lesson because it's capped at 10 women or men for that matter. It is capped at 10 participants and you'll have six live coaching calls with me, group coaching calls, and then you'll also have two one-on-one coaching calls with me. So our lives are mini lessons, mini masterclasses. So I have content that I'll present to you. These are all the good things. This is what we want to be mindful of. This is how we create our course, blah, 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 blah. And then the two one-on-one coaching calls are for you to troubleshoot and workshop anything personal within your course, right? So maybe you're really particularly struggling with um, what images to include in your manual. That's something you could work on in our one-on-one coaching call or um, language that you're using, or I don't know, like literally anything that you're struggling with. That's what those one-on-one calls are for. And so it's a huge reason why I'm capped at 10 women, because the potency and directness and movement of this group is going to be literally next to none, next to none. It's going to be so good. So yeah, you can literally become a certified lash educator. You can get all the deets on that on either my beauty page or jump onto my website, www.kayleehaddobeauty.com. It is open Australia wide. Well, I mean, New Zealand inclusive, right? Because I, and I only say that because of time zones, right? You might not want to come to my middle of the day calls if you live in um, (laughs) London. Also, I don't actually know the regulations for that. That would be something to look into. Um, so yeah, that's like my biggest thing. So if you want to enroll in that, jump onto one of my pages, shoot me a message, do the damn thing, whatever you want. This podcast has obviously been a lot longer than my usual one. So if you're still sticking around, thank you so much for listening today. I would love to chat to you guys. So feel free to always send me a message and or leave me a review if you love me that much, right? Just tell me, tell me you love me.